This talk, called Deep in the Mountains One, was given by Joan Sutherland at Vallecitos Mountain Ranch on July 1st, 2013. Good evening, everyone. Welcome, Bodhisattvas. It's wonderful to be here in this place, specifically with you. It's grand. There was a, um, a time in Australia when the federal government was working with Aboriginal people to um, make certain about territories and um, to establish Aboriginal land rights. So they sent some um, surveyors and cartographers out from the coast into the great desert heartland of Australia to meet with Aborigines and make sure that everybody was on the same page about territories and borders and things like that. And they decided that they would get together and show each other their maps. So the representatives of the federal government came and brought these beautifully detailed topographical maps of the area and they lay them down on the table. And then the Aborigines brought out their maps which were paintings of song lines, paintings of the deep mythological um, story of the place with all of the important events marked and all of the song lines, the, the ways they walked from sacred place to sacred place um, laid out on this map. And they put that map down next to the topographical map. And nobody could speak for about 10 minutes. So in that moment, um, there was a sense of an understanding, a complete understanding of something that comes from putting very different viewpoints down next to each other. And, um, and looking at them together. And I feel that we have gotten um, a beautiful topographical orientation to this place today. And what I would like to do tonight is to lay down next to it the very beginnings of a sketch of the spirit map of this place. In classical Chinese, when you're talking or writing and you mention high mountains and flowing waters, everybody knows that you're saying something about friendship. It's not exactly a metaphor, but it's a signifier that this is something about friendship. So here we are in this place of high mountains and flowing waters and let us speak a little bit about friendship. It seems to me that um, that is one way, one important part of the Bodhisattva vow. What is our friendship for the world? So there's something here uh, about the quality of our friendship. A little while ago, I was speaking about the relationship between teachers and pilgrims, and how in the tradition, pilgrims are called clouds in water. So they're like Changsha, wandering in the mountains. They go here and there, they come and go, they wander, they change shape, they're always moving. 
And if we take Linji's language, we might say they are willingly choosing the role of guest. Or more intimately, they are always guesting, coming and going, not staying anywhere for very long, always changing clouds and water. And the teachers often have mountain names. So, Dungshan, Daishan, Zhaoshan, Yongshan, all those shans and mountains. So they are the ones who stay put, the ones who deeply root somewhere, the ones who give a place for mountains and waters to move and change. So we might say that they are willingly taking the role of host. They are always hosting. And when these hosts, these mountains, meet these guests, these clouds and waters, they ask questions of each other. And the mountains are always asking the clouds and waters, where have you come from? Which, because there's no tense in classical Chinese, also can be translated, where are you coming from? And when they leave again, they're always asking, where are you going? And the clouds and waters are always saying things like, I'm on pilgrimage. And the mountain asks, what is pilgrimage like? And the clouds and water says, I don't know. And the mountain says, that not knowing is most intimate. So to be a guest, to be a cloud and water, is to not know deeply, but to be on pilgrimage. And the pilgrims are always asking the mountains, what's the scenery like at your place? What does it look like there? What is the terrain? What is the landscape? What can you see when you stop and are still? So I'm not really talking about two different kinds of people. I'm talking about two different ways that each of us is. Each of us is mountain. Each of us is clouds and water. And we're not even talking about a kind of oscillation between one state and another, like Penny and me throughout the retreat. We're talking about dropping down to that place where we know that mountains and clouds and water are the same thing. It's as though there is one hand and sometimes it's closed and sometimes it's open. Sometimes it is abiding deeply someplace, like a mountain. Sometimes it is uh, abiding nowhere, like clouds and water. And then over time, in our friendliness to the world, in our deep habitation of the Bodhisattva vow, we begin to see that both of those things are true simultaneously. That it is our very ability to abide deeply in that place where it's all one, all the vows are on the same ground and they're the same vow. It is our ability to abide deeply there that allows us to move moment by moment by moment, abiding nowhere, taking no position, 
having nothing to protect, nothing to defend. Not caught in the opinions and the habits of a position, a place. Abiding nowhere. But knowing that it is our abiding deeply on the ground where all vows are the same that enables us to abide nowhere moment by moment by moment and to love both those things in ourselves and in the world around us. In every living and non-living, if there is anything that's non-living, and I ain't so sure about that anymore, thing, which is also abiding deeply and nowhere, which also has a vow. So what about those vows of the others? What about the vows of the others in this place? which offer themselves to us in an almost embarrassing beauty, (laughs) a beauty that makes us shy for its magnificence. The last time I was here on this land, I was doing a retreat um, with my beloved elder brother, Stephen Karcher, who is a genius of the I Ching, ancient book of divination of China. And um, he had us do a ceremony which was about calling an ancestor in to bring us something. And in this ceremony, much to my great surprise, because for other people, mostly these were personal ancestors. It was a grandmother, you know, or, or a beloved uncle or somebody who came as the ancestor much to my surprise, who came walking down the riverbank toward me was the great horse ancestor, great Master Ma, um, who in some ways is the beginning of the true beginning of our lineage, or maybe a place where the lineage was reborn, but it's actually much older than that. Anyway, something for another night. So Great Master Ma came walking down the river there. And this put me in a state of some um, confusion and uncertainty. It was so surprising, so unexpected. And I went to bed that night full of surprise and unexpectedness. And I woke up in the morning, in the dawn, and opened my door to look outside. And there, standing right outside the door of my cabin, was a horse. The great horse ancestor was sitting there placidly, waiting for me to open the door. So I say that, you know, out of some deep respect for the power of this place. And I say that holding the question In that moment, my own vow was clarified. And what was the vow of that horse? That's what I want to know. What was the vow of that horse in that moment, standing there in the dark? When I talk about 
these vows being enacted. I don't want out of my story to make it sound like uh, the vow the vow of the other is being um, enacted when something happens that is um, helpful to us personally or pleasing or makes a good story. There are also tigers and dragons in these mountains. And we might encounter them, not a classic horse in the god. There was a kind of transformation in ancient China which is called passing through the mouth of the tiger. And you may find that for moments or days here you are passing through the mouth of the tiger. And that too is the vow. It is the vow of the tiger. It is the vow of the dragon. It is the vow of this mountain to bring you into confrontation with that. That too is friendliness. That too is an enormous kindness to us. So please be grateful for that. Please be generous in your response to the moments when the tigers show up. One of the great mountain stories in our tradition is about a ogre named Wujo who goes to Mount Wutai in northern China on the border with the wildlands. And he's looking for Manjushri, the Bodhisattva of Wisdom, because the belief was that Manjushri lived on Mount Wutai and you could go there and meet him. And he does, but he doesn't know that that's what's happened. He doesn't know it's Manjushri he's met. And maybe we'll talk about the story some more later. But I want to bring in one moment, which is when this um, mild-mannered head of temple, who is really Manjushri, has asked him a question he can't answer, and he decides to leave. So he leaves the temple that Manjushri has actually created because he's wandering in a very wild and dangerous place. So he creates a temple to provide him shelter for the night. But Wujo can't stay there and he leaves and he goes back out and he's accompanied by a young boy and when he gets to the gate of the temple he turns to the young boy and he he asks, what temple is this? What place is this? And the young boy points behind him to the mountain, indigo in the dust. And Wujo turns to look And when he looks back, the boy is gone, and the gate is gone, and the temple is gone. And he's standing there on the mountain in the wild place, indigo in the dust. And it's in that moment that his journey truly begins. So that is my wish for you that the temple shelter you as long as the temple needs to shelter you, as long as you need it. And that when the moment comes, companion and gate and temple disappear. And you are alone on the mountain in the dust. And your journey truly begins.
that great horse ancestor and his friend, best friend who we never met, Shita, did something amazing. They said to all of us down through the centuries, that self you are looking for, that true self, isn't just in here. Don't just look down. Don't just look inside. Raise your eyes and look around you because everything you see is that true self. Here in this place, raise your eyes to look. The fire at the center is well tended and well cared for by the leadership in this retreat. You can afford to look up. You can afford to look out. You can afford to recognize that yourself is not just located deep inside of you, but everywhere here in the meadows and in the mountains and on the water and in the trees. All of that is you. And it is saying in its vow, we have been awakening for millions and millions of years. Please join us. Thank you. These talks are made available through your donations to Cloud Dragon, the Joan Sutherland Dharma Works. To learn more about her teachings and to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our donate page at joansutherlanddharmaworks.org.